This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1. This is The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. A show about sex, relationships and everything in between. You can start to feel bliss while you're vacuuming. I don't know if I've tried that or not. Do I want to try it? What is it? Very complex, very interesting. Flogging, whipping, caning. So there I was in my high heels and my little dress. So it is purely a stigma. Healthy sexual expression with other humans. I went to the local women's health centre and went, I think I'm a lesbian, is there a support group? They don't know quite how to talk about it. It's actually a core skill in relationships. That has always worked for me. Today on Evolution of Intimacy, I have Sky from Evolved Lovers talking to us about Shibari. Welcome, Sky. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about being here talking about Shibari because it's something that can hold a lot of stigma. Mm. Sky, share a bit about who you are and how you've come to this thing called Shibari. I'm Sky from Love Lovers and I I work with women and couples and I I make them feel more confident inside and out of the bedroom. That's essentially everything that I do. What brought me into this was my own healing around sexuality initially. I remember being on a three-day retreat in Bali, as many, and, you know, I went there to experience some energy orgasms and I experienced everything but that. I ended up in tears and... um, That wasn't the one that we did together? No! Yeah, different one, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it taught me a lot about myself and... um, it just made me realise how in touch of male sexuality that I was and how in t- how I'm in touch of my own that I was. So <sighs> it took me through a beautiful journey there. And, yeah, and then I slowly got into Rogue. And, you know, the funny thing is I got into Rogue because I didn't actually... I had the perception that it was for creeps and it was a complete fetish and... Mm. Why would I ever want to do that? And this is before, obviously, I became a sex educator, right? Mm. And it's interesting because many other people have probably the same perception. And I had to, when I had like men coming to me um, expressing kinks when I did become a sexual educator, I realized I was very uneducated in this space. Mm. So it pushed me to go into that space and explore so I could relate to everyone. Yeah, now I teach Shabari. It was the first time I experienced true, true surrender Mm. and it was very potent. So some of our listeners may know all about Shabari, but some people may not have even heard the word. So could you please start with sharing a bit about what is it? Shabari is this beautiful unravelling journey that creates a lot of intimacy, especially when doing it on the floor, on the bed. The minute it does go into suspension, sometimes a lot of the potency of the euphoric state and the intimacy can be lost because the risks do go up 50%. So 
but there's a lot more check-ins in that there. But generally, it's a, it's just a beautiful journey of being able to surrender, being able... A lot of people tell me when they come to learn it, and quite often it's the woman, if she's the one being tied up, that they're very shocked with how relaxed they felt in it and, and how it felt like a giant cuddle, very secure. It allows you to go really deep, to drop out of the mind. And, and I find when you incorporate that with rope, it just allows you to go to a level that most of us can't reach because, you know, in everyday life, we're quite stuck in the mind. There's always these thoughts popping up, like, you know, things you've got to do in the house, whether it be work, whether it be finances, um, you know, whether you're going camping the following week. In a matter of seconds, it really allows one to drop mm. into the body. Beautiful. So I understand that it's a lot more than just, you know, tying someone's wrists together and having sex, that it's actually this art form and that can really be quite intricate and beautiful and it may not even involve sex at all, although it does seem quite erotic. Can you speak to that sure. a little bit? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, a lot of people in the field of um, BDSM use rope as uh, it's like an experience that, that you set up for one to experience what they desire. And a lot of the time, it doesn't involve penetration at all. Mm. So if you're in the BDSM field or you're just exploring, dabbling into your um, sexuality and you're going to, say, rope events, you're not going there and more than likely the licensing, you can't be penetrating or having sex in, in these venues. So it's not about sex in itself. It's, it's really about exploring the internal state of yourself because when exploring rope, even though it's in a very erotic setting, you know, triggers and, and things can come up. It, it allows one to work through that in a very safe container and in a healing space and it can also bring up a lot of sexual desire for sexual expression to be expressed in that place which can also allow someone just dabbling into this to heal a lot of shame that might be around their expression because I find that when you're exploring shibari because it's so erotic it's very hard for you to shut down your expression, which a lot of people in society, you know, are doing unconsciously. We're shutting down our voice, we're shutting down our moans, our sighs, our breath, um, the way our body moves, because many people are wondering, oh, is this too much? Am I supposed to move like this? And there's also this, you know, once again, this chit-chatter going on in, inside the mind. And when the rope and in the erotic setting, it eliminates all that because the body just takes over and it just goes into sometimes this euphoric space and it's all about experiencing that as a journey itself rather than penetrating. But in saying this, if you are at home and you know everyone's intentions for exploring Shabari is completely different, if it is for some erotic fun to spice things up, more than often we start with just the erotic fun as a, being a form of foreplay. Just going with where it goes, it can definitely end up in some, some amazing, incredible sex. But it's really just foreplay to it that mm. leads to the incredible sex. Beautiful. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Alice Shannon. 
a show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, like, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. <laughs> so they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind blowing. The word shibari, I understand that it's Japanese and it was a Japanese art form, although I think it's probably changed a bit as it's come to many different cultures now and become part of BDSM community, I guess. Do you know anything about the history of it, Sky? Yeah, so the history, back in the day, the, the rope, it was actually as a form to tie up prisoners. Oh, that back in, in Japan, they used to tie up their prisoners and different knots meant, it meant different things in regards to what they've done. Ah. And it's quite fascinating because it's almost like you, you're tying them up in, in these things and they can't get away. Yeah. Um, almost like sort of branding them with, you know, what their crime was through the different knots and different designs of tying them up. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it quite, quite fascinating. Um, and then over time that it's just evolved and it became this beautiful aesthetic, you know, where they would all of a sudden tie women up and it, women would look really beautiful in these poses. And, and all of a sudden, I believe that it started to go into an erotic kind of expression over time. And, and now here we are. It's really interesting um, because certainly one of the kind of erotic charges is that naughtiness so that sort of criminal yeah. element of like you've done something bad let's put you in these special beautiful knots it sort of makes sense how it it got to where it has now <laughs> yeah and, and if it's been it it's like here we are tying you guys up because we've done something wrong and then we're tying the women up and then all of a sudden they people started noticing the women's bodies responding mm. in kind of like <laughs> a sexual way it's interesting <laughs> And it's quite technical. Some of the designs, particularly the knots and the way it's done, it's beautiful, but it doesn't look very easy. So I guess it's something that people have to dedicate a bit of time to learn and have a little bit of a penchant for knot tying. My style is generally the basics. And, and the reason why I love to teach people basics and, and how to get people into like different positions um, in in rope is because I believe that unless you're going to dedicate like so much time to this, you're not going to remember all those big fancy ties. Mm. You know, quite often I'll have someone um, reach out, can you please teach my partner how to tie me like this? And I was like, whoa, that's such an advanced tie. Like mm. you've got to be, for some people they've got to be doing it for two years. And even then, if you're not going to continue um, practicing it weekly, you're going to forget it by the time you go to want to be tied mm. in that exact knot again. Yeah. So it's like really coming to, you know, what's realistic? What are your intentions for wanting to do shabari? Is mm. it to take a pretty photo in a tie? 
or is it to have some bedroom fun? Hmm. Sure. And obviously when you're tying somebody up, there's an inherent risk there. Uh, we can sort of think of physical risk in terms of hurting the skin or more serious risk of um, restricting blood flow or, um, you know, if we we'll go real extreme of um, restricting breathing. Um, what would you say to people that want to start out on this in terms of how to really look after the person that they're tying? Listen, if you're wanting to start off in Shapari, first of all, your first point of call is look in your town, Google up who's in your town offering, you know, Shabari or Rope Play 101 just to get, like, the solid foundations in place. This is so you understand the safety. There is so much that you can learn with someone in person versus YouTubing or doing a lot of reading because it's can be quite overwhelming at the start and it really just takes a lot of the overwhelmingness and the risk out of it when i say a lot of the risk we're talking about nerves here when Mm. when you're saying blood um compression if you're going to be placing the rope in the wrong spot then yeah you can restrict blood flow and when you restrict blood flow you know one of the nerves is losing sensation Mm. and an example of this is wrist drop So you can get permanent damage if you compress a nerve Mm. and you're unaware and the person's getting tingled in in their hand and all of a sudden they've gone numb and you're not doing your safety as a top or a rigger, then yeah, you can definitely do some permanent damage here and we definitely want to make sure that we're rack, you know, risk aware, um, safe, consensual kink. Yeah. Lovely. What about then the emotional risk? Because I think that is part of the erotic charge is having to submit and someone's, you know, taking charge and tying you up. Uh, You know, that comes with a risk if that becomes not so sexy and becomes scary. How would people be encouraged to navigate that sort of space? Hmm. When you say the emotional risk, are you saying when someone doesn't feel safe um, as the bunny as yeah. on the receiver end with all the um, you I, know like potential triggers coming up depending on their previous relationship history exactly yeah something to be aware of you really want to be um knowing your aftercare you mm. know when this happens you also want to be setting up the scene beforehand and you generally do this with safe words i always find that the best ones are the boring ones, you know, like red, yellow, green. Yeah. Um, that way, like, you know, when, when you are in setting and you get a red, you can really stop the setting straight away and then you can come out and talk to them about that person and what it is that they were experiencing, what became too much, what was coming up in their body, you know, Jenny, I, the, the first point of call is what's coming up in, in your body because it might not have to do with anything that the giver was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the beauty of Shabari, the emotional, the emotional things can, can come up and um, I'd love to give an example of it if I, if I can. Please. <laughs> so when my partner tied me, it was so weird. I obviously watched maybe too many bad movies in my time, or and I don't even like horror movies. Mm. But 
when I was blindfolded and, and being tired, it was constantly being triggered to, like, not knowing where he was within the room. Mm. But, like, he was going to come stab me in the back. So it showed me something. It revealed something to me that I didn't know that was there. And yeah. I had the fear of, um, you know, someone coming out of the dark and, and stabbing me because that would be a horrible way to die, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, just being being aware of it and going slow. So mm. that, that's like an example of, and we were able to talk about that. So it's sort of yeah. using aspects of, of something that has been a bit traumatizing, but using it in a controlled, consensual way so that somehow you're reclaiming that back. Is that where you're, what you're kind of suggesting happens? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Mm. And you get to reclaim claim yourself, reclaim your sexuality and reclaim your voice. Wow. That's like how I got into it initially, myself yeah. personally. Yeah. Fabulous. And you mentioned aftercare, and I wish that everyone, you know, had this sense of aftercare, not just kinky people. Can you describe a bit about what aftercare is in relation to a kink play scene or a, a sexual experience? Mm. Let's go with a sexual experience. Because this is one that I feel that many kind of avoid. Yeah. Um, and let's just say without the rope itself, mm. just having sex with your partner on the weekend, not doing aftercare would look something like this: going and having a shower. Yeah, pretty <laughs> going common. And yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Going to the kitchen to make some food straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've just been in this invulnerable experience. You've shared parts of your soul mm. and sexual self with this person. You've opened yourself up and all your like, your chakras without getting too spiritual. You're quite vulnerable yeah. and in a heightened emotional state. And if you throw the rope into the play as well, you potentially could have went to subspace, mm. um, which is a euphoric state. And to have someone leave the room or leave that container or that Space, however you like to see it, mm. it can feel like you've just gotten abandoned. Yeah. And it can make the receiver feel like that person doesn't care about them, that they were just used. Mm. Um, you know, it can bring up lots of factors like that. So aftercare yeah. would be staying with that person for at least 10 minutes after, just cuddling them, mm. you know. It's coming to mind, like, there used to be that old trope of, like, you have sex and then you lie in bed and kind of have a cigarette together, which is a terrible (laughs) idea because you're going to burn the house down. But I just wonder if that sort of old idea of just staying in the space and staying connected rather than jumping out of the bed or the place where you were just being with that person. I know. You know, sometimes the best part of that experience is just being with that person and lying with them afterwards mm. because you're still processing what's happened. What's happened. So, you know, you, you're like, you're in a state of, oh my God, like what just happened just then? Like, that mm. was like so incredible. Some people are having these massive aha preferred moments for the first time in their life when it comes to sexuality. Mm. And you're just getting up and just left them. Like, it can be so triggering. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful invitation. I think King and BDSM community have so much to teach the rest of society about consent and care and 
that it's not just about this one small act. There's so much more involved. And it's funny that you say that because so many people, they really turn their heads to kink and um, BDSM, but it really does have so much to teach us. And it's something that I'm really glad that, you know, a lot of the stigma is slowly being lifted off Mm. um, in regards to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have a chat to you, Sky, about Shabari. If people are curious to know more, to learn more, have you got any ideas of where they could find you or find out a bit more information? Yeah, so you can definitely find out more about me on my website, evolvedlovers.com. You can find me over on Instagram at evolved underscore lovers. And there's more information in regards to Shabari there. I do have an online course for beginners, which is a perfect place to start. Um, Otherwise, you can always search up, if that's not for you, you can search up in your local area and community and just see, you know, what, what your community is holding in regards to the BDSM and the rope play in Shabari. Lovely. Well, Sky, thanks again. It's just been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, fun. <laughs> You've been listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. We're feeling juicy the whole day. Every desire I could possibly think of. What sort of impact would it have? They want it, they're going to go and get it. They don't think of long-term consequences. Oh, did that feel really nice? Oh, yes, that felt really delicious. Being able to feel good about my body again, that's been a huge thing. All anybody really wants in this world is to feel seen and heard. We actually do have a lot that connects us physically. It's making people feel good. There is a real sense of hopefulness that returns in the relationship. A really beautiful thing. Take that beauty and that calmness and that bliss and that sense of peace out into the world. Thank you for listening and I hope we've inspired you with our juicy conversations on this episode of The Evolution of Intimacy. If you would like to go deeper, you can book a session of relationship counselling, sex therapy or individual counselling via my website. I work in person in Cairns, tropical far north Queensland, or I can meet you online anywhere in the world. Or you might prefer to go at your own pace with my 12-lesson relationship and intimacy online course. To book or to listen to previous episodes, visit my website, ellashannon.com, or follow me on the socials at Evolution of Intimacy. Finally, please go to iTunes and write me a quick review if you're feeling kind. Thank you, lovelies, and see you next time. This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1.